John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Seth Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John. Yes? This is the High Game Podcast. It is, Ed. Very high game. Yep. We're going to talk about guitars. We're going to talk about pedals. We're going to talk about amps. We're going to talk about basses. We're going to talk about keyboards, MIDI stuff, all that today. Right? Chock full. Maybe just guitars. Maybe not that other stuff. I don't know. We'll have to see. Like the previous hundred and whatever other episodes, we're probably just going to wing it is what we'll probably do. Uh, I think that's getting closer to what we're about. Very certainly on my side. You know, you do the smallest amount of research. A modicum. Perfect. Yeah. Happy New Year, John. Oh, man. Happy New Year. As this airs. Yes. We're almost there. 2021. Oh. It's going to be so great. Kittens for everyone. We will certainly be back in a room recording together. You think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Within the year? Of course. Within six months. Easy. That would be great. That's my prediction. Yeah. I'm going to say June 14th, middle of June, we're going to be in a room recording. That would be great. I have not looked into how they're doing the vaccine distribution. Isn't it like uh, first responders? Frontline workers, yep. People in old people's homes? Yep, yep. Then, I believe, podcasters. (laughs) Holy shit. We might be like February. What'd you think of that, Ed? Oh, my God. I have to tell you, Uh 
if there's a guilty pleasure that I have, yeah. it is rat. <laughs> to this day, it is rat. Those guys rule. You were into the rat? <laughs> I hung out with the punk rock crew, like the Circle Jerks crew. That was my cohort in high school. <laughs> the punk cohort. And yet, for whatever reason, every punk rocker graduating class of 1987 in Mentor, Ohio, was listening to Rat nonstop. I have no idea why. Ed? Yes. Ed? Yes. What is your beverage? Get me back on track, John. You were the one that got me back on track recently. What comes around goes around, John. With love, we'll find a way. Just, you know, give it time. That's great. <laughs> uh, I'm having some craft tea from our good friends, the craft tea company in Philly. Right. I'm having graffiti, loose leaf herbal tea. It's got a lot of flowers and stuff in it, this one. Passion flower, chamomile, lemon balm leaf, orange peel, rose petals. It's loose, so you need to like brew it in a little tea thingy. Yeah. And it just looks like dried up flowers. It's great. It's delicious, too. How about you? What do you got? I've got black coffee. <laughs> cool. That's what I'm rocking. We are recording a little later than usual. I had to play some D&D today. FYI, John, that's why I couldn't record earlier, because I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. Nerding out. Yeah. Do you know why I played that rat song? I know the guitar we're doing is a Charvel. Yes. So, Guy and Rat, I wish I could come up with their names. Johnny Rat? <laughs> exactly. Johnny Rat. Johnny Rat really likes the Charvel guitars. That's cool. So we're going to jump into the Charvels. We've talked about the other side of the Charvel equation, Ed. Jackson. Yeah. Our man Grover Jackson. Right. Ended up in possession of Charvel. Was this in the 80s? Yeah. In my brain, it's like Charvel Jackson. I just think of them as the same guitar company. We're going to attempt to unravel how that all came to be. Are we? Yeah. I'm totally into that. Let's do it. All right. Let's start in the early 70s in California, Ed. Okay. There's a guy working at Fender. SoCal. Fender, California. Fender, California. Okay. He's one of the guys that refinishes guitars that come back in. This is before the relic times. Mm-hmm. Before they thought that's a thing anybody would want. Right. Okay. So there was a guy working at Fender painting guitars. Sure. His name was Wayne Charvel. Great. He not only was really good at that, he had an aptitude for it, but was really good at repairing and fixing stuff up along the way. So in 1974, he decides to open his own place. He goes to Azusa, California. This is not a city that I've ever heard of. Me neither. I, I don't know where it is. Azusa is in the San Gabriel Valley. I don't know where that is either. Los Angeles County, Ooh. population density of 4,794.9 people per square mile. Yep, that's pretty heavy. 57.6% white. Okay, then. So our man Wayne goes to Whitey Town to open up his own place. Sure. He calls it Charvel's Guitar Repair. Oh, okay. He's repairing guitars. Yeah, he's repairing and refinishing out-of-warranty, mostly Fender instruments. Funny. At that point, if it's out of warranty, Fender tells you to go get fucked. <laughs> In no uncertain terms. 
Yeah. <laughs> so in 1974, you're out of warranty. Well, I guess you're going to take it over to Wayne Charvel over there in Whiteytown. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Our man Wayne, mm-hmm. after a while, he decides, maybe I should just start building entire guitars. Okay. Initially, the bodies and necks get outsourced to Schechter and Boogie Bodies. I don't know if you remember Boogie Bodies. I know about Boogie Boards. Yeah, this was the same thing, but guitar bodies. <laughs> exactly the same, but for guitars. Yeah. Okay. And so based on that kind of development, in 76, he changes the name to Charvel Manufacturing. Because now he is able to offer not only all the parts, but the bodies and the necks, too. It was a kind of custom build-your-own-house I want to make my guitar the way I want to make my guitar. I'll go over to Charvel and just pick out all my own parts. One of the first people to do this, to go there and pick out parts and make shit, Mm -hmm. was Eddie Van Halen. That's cool. He spent a lot of time in there looking at parts and talking to them and became friends with them. Especially around the time that Charvel brings on board our man Grover Jackson at Charvel Manufacturing. Got it. So now you got Wayne Charvel and you got Grover Jackson and they've got all the parts and the bodies and the necks and they're helping people build stuff and they're refinishing things and repairing things and it's going along pretty well. Okay. In 78, it's not going along so well. (laughs) A lot of mass manufacturers, especially overseas, are seeing this kind of uptick in parts. Sure. They're realizing, wow, there are places you can go and get every single part that you could ever need for a guitar. Why don't we do that? And so with that increased competition, the margins became slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. And Wayne bailed. He sells the whole deal to our man Grover. Okay. 78? Yeah. It's got a pretty long-standing name for him to have bailed that long ago. Yeah, it's true. Grover picks it up and he keeps the Charvel name and he keeps going. Okay. Grover now is the sole owner of Charvel. He thinks, okay, first thing I want to do is make the bodies in the necks my own self. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So he starts doing that and selling blank bodies to a company called Mighty Might and also some to DiMarzio, of all people. Okay. They're buying these blank bodies and they're putting their own shit in them. Mm -hmm. With the revenue from that, he starts making more bodies for BC Rich and Music Man. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. The B.C. Rich is weird, but B.C. Rich and Ernie Ball, that's a really crazy combo because those are so different. He uses all the revenue from these activities to further grow the Charvel brand. People are very, very familiar with the name Charvel. In fact, it was Grover that developed what we call today the Super Strat body style. Which is just kind of a metal Strat, right? Yeah. Let's just say like the two horns on a Stratocaster slightly more pointy and maybe slightly more exaggerated. I want to say a little longer. Yeah, maybe a little longer. Okay. And he starts doing crazy-ass graphics on these things. That was Charvel's deal early on, the paint job side of stuff. Grover is faithfully carrying the Charvel flag. The Charvel flag of putting cool-ass flames and shit on your guitar. That's the CAF finish. Yeah, you can get that. Cool-ass flames. Love it. 1980? Mm-hmm. Things change forever. Ooh. Grover Jackson meets a guy. The guitar player for Rat? No, he meets Randy Rhodes. Uh Yep. R.I.P. R.I.P. Randy Rhodes. Uh, you know that polka-dotted V guitar that Randy Rhodes played? 
Of course. He wanted something that would be a companion for that. Okay. So he goes to Grover Jackson. I've got this V. Maybe you've seen it. I'm looking for another guitar, similar style. I've got this V. Maybe you've seen it. It's the most famous guitar on the fucking planet. You think it was even in 1980? Yeah. I think that guitar is pretty famous. Okay. Cool. So he goes to Grover and says, uh, maybe you could help me design a companion piece for it. Sure. So they start kicking ideas back and forth until Grover comes up with the first prototype. Pretty close, but Randy didn't like it. He insisted it was not, quote, pointy enough. Of course. Back to the drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Grover comes up with a second prototype. Okay. And this is the start of that kind of pointy headstock you see on these Charvels. Yeah. Randy Rhodes liked that quite fine and nicknamed it the Concord. It was so different from the kind of super stratty stuff that Charvel was doing that Grover was afraid it would give Charvel a bad name. Can you imagine? Randy Rhodes said it's not pointy enough. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Like, were there other guitars in 1980 that looked like this? Might have been, maybe. It almost seems like the whole pointy guitar thing stems from the Concord and Randy Rhodes just going like, make it pointier. Yes. We're talking about where it started. That's crazy. I would have thought it was more an evolution of just like, oh, the Super Strat is just a little more exaggerated. And then like a little more and a little more. And then like over several iterations. But this is pretty much like, yeah, make it pointy. Yeah. And then everything's fucking pointy. Yeah. It's like ground zero, man. Wild. And to think that Grover was like, oh man, this is going to mess up my whole carefully crafted market. Yeah. My Charvel market's going to be fucked. So what did he do to hedge his bets, Ed? He decided, I'll make it so that if this thing flops, it'll be miles away from Charvel. I'll just put my own name on it. So that's what he did. That guitar he made for Rhodes was not a Charvel. It was a Jackson. That's the first Jackson? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That's crazy. And that model that everybody ended up calling the Rhodes model yeah, was so popular that it led Grover to think, maybe I should start a thing called Jackson Guitars. So he did. Oh, my God. Yeah, 1980. Huh. Oh, hell yeah. What kind of dirt do you have on that? 1981 DRV. That's it. Man. Was it like Christmas of last year that we got the DRV for the show? That could be, yeah. Yeah. I think we've spent a year with the DRV as the baseline dirt on the show. Yeah, I wonder if we should look further into the subtleties of overdrive in the new year. Yeah. I always kind of thought I was into Fuzztown. More recently, I'm definitely into subtler overdrive stuff. Overdrive Village. I guess so. You can't handle Fuzz City anymore. No. Moving to the suburbs. Exactly. Blues Dad. Yeah. You need more bookshelves for your... Uh... <laughs> Law books and overdrive pedals. Uh -huh. <laughs> Subtle overdrives. <laughs> oh, my God. Once the floodgates of butt were open... Yeah. It was full guns, custom paint jobs, more points than you could shake a pointed stick at. 
But in 1986, mm-hmm. even though the company remained in the U.S., manufacturing moved overseas. Not into it. Here's the weird thing, Ed. Okay. Manufacturing is given to a company called IMC, the International Music Corporation. They're Japanese. Okay. Turns out that these guys were guitar-making badasses. In fact, the one I'm holding right here is a Japanese guitar, and it's really good. Yeah. The pickups and all the electronics were still made in the U.S. Most of my, oh, I want American-made guitars has less to do with quality and more to do with manufacturing leaving our country in the 80s. That is the core of Ed's snobbery around manufacturing. Right. All of those people who would have been working in a factory are now working in a McDonald's. Well, it didn't get much better because uh, by 1989, three years later, Mm -hmm. Grover just flat out sold the company to IMC in Japan. For a short while there, they were stamping the neck plate with Fort Worth, Texas. Everybody, if they weren't careful, would think, oh, wow, they're making them in the U.S. again. But no, Fort Worth, Texas is where the U.S. offices of the IMC boys in Japan were. That's fucking terrible. That is terrible. What do you have? This is a Charvel Model 6. They were only made for a few years, from 1986 to 1989. This one is a crackle lava finish, which is really metally, Ed. It's pretty metally. Anybody who has refinished furniture and is looking for that kind of old crackly finish you can buy it at home depot you put a coat of one paint on something and then you put a coat of another paint over it and the difference in elasticity between the two paints causes the top layer to crack and anywhere there's cracks you see the undercoat right this one is top coat black undercoat orangey red hell yeah crackle lava hell yeah You look at it, and it looks as if it is a humbucker in the bridge and two single coils. That is incorrect. The two single coil looking things are actually stacked humbuckers. Stacked humbuckers. Does that make sense? Nope. So instead of putting the coils next to each other, and it ends up being a big square like a humbucker, just put one on top of the other. It seems like they would poke out the back of the guitar. They are pretty tall, but the route in the guitar body seems to have been made deeper to accommodate it. Weird. Yeah. And the first guitar we've ever had that has that design? It is. It's these two stacked humbuckers and then an actual humbucker in the bridge. Now, the weird part about these pickups is all three of them are passive pickups. Mm -hmm. But they're designed specifically for use with Jackson's active circuitry. You're going to hate this, Ed. (laughs) This guitar takes two batteries. Okay. Let me walk you through what we've got here. Three knobs and three switches. Ooh. The easiest part is the switches because it turns pickups on and off. One for each. They're all off. I'll turn on the neck pickup. Great. Bridge pickup. Tone rolled back. So far, the neck sounds really great. Do the neck again. With the tone all the way up? Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. What's that third knob for, Ed? 
I don't know. This is where the active electronics come in. It is a mid-boost knob. Before. After. I'll turn off that DRV. And I'll just rock that knob back and forth and see if we can discern anything. Sure. Yeah, I can definitely hear it. It's more trebly when you roll it all the way down to zero. Yeah. Three knobs, three toggle, and there is a Jackson licensed Floyd Rose tremolo system on this thing. It is a Floyd Rose. It started out earlier in the run as a Kaler in 86, and then they switched over to the Floyd Rose. Literally a Jackson license, like the trem says Jackson on it, right? Licensed under Floyd Rose patents. Near the low E string, does that say Jackson? It does. Man, this guitar is metal as hell. If you look at the pickups and you see those two single coils, yeah, single coil looking ones, you could probably discern that the reason they are stacked is because if they were three humbuckers, they wouldn't fit in that space. Clearly, there are guitars where you have enough space for three humbuckers. There are plenty of three humbucker guitars. Right. This is a 24 fret neck, and to accommodate access to those top frets, the body has been kind of lessened. Yeah. Made smaller. Yeah. I think you have probably heard of the nickname for the smaller Super Strat style body. Dinky? Yes. I did not know. I totally know the name, but didn't understand. When you initially started talking, I hadn't looked at the guitar. And when you said like, oh, they're stacked, I thought like, well, why didn't they just put full-size humbuckers in? But, oh, right. Yeah, they totally would not fit. Exactly. Weird. If you like the sound of that neck pickup with the tone all the way up. I wonder what that bridge sounds like. Hot. Wow, that's some good sustain also. It's also got those, like, shark fin inlays. It does. Shark fin inlays were a feature of the Model 6, which is what this is, also known as the MDL-6 for the vowel averse among us. Sure. The lesser models would have maybe no binding on the fretboard, maybe dot inlays instead of the shark fin inlays, things like that. The Model 6 is the top of the line of that time. It is looks like it that is not where it ends ed no in 2002 fender comes sniffing around <laughs> gross and they buy charvel okay when i go to the charvel site today and look at some of the models some of them are pretty cool i gotta say yeah they continue on they're doing some great stuff still not really my thing but you know that's okay i don't have to be into everything yeah you know and that's where it ends. That is the Charvel story. Okay. But you might be asking yourself, Ed. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to our man Wayne? Yeah. Where's Charvel? I am wondering that. Okay. In 88, he designed a signature model for Gibson, the WRC model, Wayne Richard Charvel. Okay. But only a couple hundred of those were ever made because then they got sued by Jackson. 
<laughs> for the shape? For the name? Don't know. Just because Gibson's dicks. Yeah. Allegedly. And so Wayne retreats to Paradise, California, and for years and years had a music store called Charvel Music, and he would also make guitars, custom guitars, with his son. He called them Wayne Guitars. Do you recognize the name Paradise, California? Immediately I was thinking wildfire. Yeah, the campfire, they called it, the 2018 campfire. Yeah. He and his son lost their houses. They lost the shop, just burned to the ground. Ugh. That campfire turned out to have been the deadliest and most destructive wildfire in Californian history. And it was the most expensive natural disaster in the world in 2018. Wow. As far as I know, our man Wayne is still trying to get his shit together. Wow. The Wayne Charvel Paradise California Campfire GoFundMe is still active. It has raised $51,813 of its $100,000 goal. Ugh. Maybe, you know, go hit a GoFundMe. Look up Wayne Charvel. He's got an active GoFundMe. You know, without Charvel, you don't get the butt. Right. So how about kick a couple dollars over to our man to help him rebuild his house? Exactly. Dude spawned all the pointy guitars. Give him a couple bucks. Yeah. What do you think? We're closing in on three years of doing this? That's right, Ed. It's pretty good. What do you think of that, viewers? They can't believe it. Time flies is what the viewers think. It does fly. If you want to help us celebrate those three years in style, contribute however you like. Look around on the website. Leave a review on iTunes. Ooh, we love those especially. Yep. You can go to patreon.com slash thehighgain and become a member. Sure. Join the fun. Go to our Discord channel and chat with people about stuff. Sure, guitar stuff. Very active on that channel. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's the high gain everywhere. We're all over the place. Yep. Your attention makes us feel good. Uh, yeah. Here's to, uh, you know, 2021 being at least as good as 2020. Yep. At least would be nice. Happy New Year, Ed. Happy New Year, John and the viewers. All right, then. Bye. Bye.